We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Hi, I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we're the hosts of Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. Join us as we argue about whether or not McGonagall would meow at Dumbledore. She wouldn't. As we ponder just how much Harry's fortune is worth. Just $40. As we guess how much mileage one gets out of an Ollivander wand. 100,000 jinxes. As we detail the ins and outs of Hogwarts Castle. It's only a model. Join us Monday through Friday, only from DuelingGenre.com. Mischief Managed. Dueling Genre. everyone, and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story, except when we don't. I'm Joseph Jurowski, and this week we're playing Fairy Tale Mashup Round 2 with returning guest Kirsta Christensen. Welcome back, Kirsta. Round 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, I prefer Back in the Habit <laughs> as, the, as the tagline for a sequel. And, uh, fairy Tale Mashup, more uh, fairy tales, more mashup. <laughs> yes. In honor of our last recording, which I think was a year ago that we first played this game. Uh, Longer, yeah. Andrew has a head cold once again. <laughs> I thought we were going to pretend that this was the same recording session. Right. It, it, <laughs> like, we just yeah. saved it for a year? <laughs> yeah. Or, or that I've just been sick for a year. <laughs> Yes, we do need uh, producer Andrew to step in uh, to help out in playing this game, Fairy Tale Mashup. So he'll be jumping in to help uh, introduce the elements that we'll be mashing together and then also to join in in the brainstorming. So as we play Fairy Tale Mashup, we'll be given a classic fairy tale and a genre. And then we have to uh, workshop a story that blends those two. Uh, I think our most successful last go around was. Goldilocks, and I think it was Disney movie. Or, it, or, or, or no, I think that's what no, it turned into. It was, but it was it was, was like it high a, school or a sports movie or something. Yeah, but we ended up with uh, Goldilocks in a Groundhog Day scenario until she found the day that was just right. right. Where like she kept trying on different versions of her persona on the first yeah. day of school until yeah. she she felt found really, the right version. Felt really yeah. good when we. But got Groundhog it, Day yeah. was not a genre in there. So no. I can't remember. I don't know what the genre was. was. Yeah, Disney movie. Yeah, we ended up coming with. Of age? Oh, maybe it's coming of age. Uh, well, you can go back and listen. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see what episode that was at the end. Uh, but we we've got new sets of fairy tales uh, and mostly new genres. We may have kept some of the old genres because the chances of us coming upon the same thing are, are pretty slim with the number yes. of note cards that are prepared here. I'm going to make you guys cut the decks. Okay. All right. So we have green. I've shuffled them. Okay. And now you guys cut the deck, and I'll just be drawing from the top. <laughs> we have we have green cards for the genre and blue cards, or, or for a storytelling element uh, that's going to give us our spin. And then blue cards are the classic fairy tale. Okay. Or or fairy tale. Some of them less classic than others. That's true. There was one that I saw. I'm like, I- I'm not familiar. I hope you know how to summarize that one for us, Kirsta. <laughs> so this is a very special episode of Rapunzel. <laughs> It's obviously got to be about lice. <laughs> so the the very special episode, the the classic trope, more of eighties and early nineties sitcoms, I think, where where suddenly our 
our uh, characters are going to be dealing with something serious. It's mm-hmm. going to be the alcoholic uncle. It's going to be dealing drugs. Uh, with drugs was a very common one uh, to see where instead of all lighthearted fun, we're going to end our final act is going to be some lecture to the audience uh, about the uh, a social uh, yeah, suicide. a social concern, uh, refrigerators with doors <laughs> that, that are being abandoned outside of houses. Uh, you know, you got to take the door off if your refrigerator is going up. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, an old thing. Yes. Um, in the in the dinosaurs TV show, the 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 finale, the Henson. No, 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 not oh. the the um the Brian Henson show. They had a very special episode that ends with a serious discussion about helping to stamp out very special episodes. <laughs> and they and they like the teenage character steps out who's been who's been eating vegetables, which are clearly code for drugs, and instead of being a proper carnivore, he steps out. He steps off the stage, but then like. Everyone who's behind the cameras are, is also dinosaurs, and he's like, you know, good night, Mitch, good night, Ron. And then he's like, he's like, if kids, he's basically like, if kids will just stop doing drugs, we can stop having very special episodes. Please help stamp out very special episodes. But, but the series finale is a very special episode about environmental <laughs> yes. change yes. and right. pollution. Right. Yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, Andrew, you you already pitched lice as a potential topic for so, a very special episode so for Rapunzel. So the thing about a very special episode is it has to be some kind of recurring story, and I don't know if it's like Rapunzel. Oh, oh, oh! I think what I had in mind was a very special episode of a of a TV show that already exists that somehow has a Rapunzel theme, or it could be lice. So. <laughs> <laughs> So we take a show, you know, like somehow, like you take the office and somehow they're redoing Rapunzel or something. Okay. So, well, what are the social ills that are present in Rapunzel? Well, uh, child thieving, <laughs> kidnapping, uh, locking, <laughs> locking up children. Uh, I mean, it's abuse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A lot, a lot of abuse. of <laughs> Falling in love with random men who climb up your hair. Um... Not, Breaking and entering, not burglary, ha- not having a chance to visit the hairstylist on a regular and, basis. Is it, is it about the, home security? And the original Rapunzel isn't. Doesn't she become pregnant from one of these visits? So okay, <laughs> yes, she does. But what but, happens? But okay, yeah. what happens is that the prince climbs up and he gives her a ring at some point, and then dot dot dot, she's pregnant. And my <laughs> mother, when she was young, read that and was like, "This is scandalous." And then discovered that at a certain point in time, you did not actually need to have someone officiate your wedding if someone gave you a ring then you were married so for whatever faux medieval time they were uh they get married themselves in the tower in the long time ago time Mm -hmm. okay that could be a very special episode (laughs) (laughs) teen pregnancy (laughs) yeah (laughs) crying into your husband's eyes when he gets blinded by thorns i don't know that that's a social ill right now (laughs) Maybe there's a lack of it. <laughs> we need more crying into eyes. Go cry in your wife's leg. Um, uh, being uh, isn't. Am I remembering wrong? Is, is Rapunzel not actually born of cabbage? That is part of like the first, like like the prologue to the fairy tale. Is that is why the witch gets the daughter? Oh, because, because of cabbage. Because of um, her pregnancy cravings. Rapunzel's father jumped the wall to yeah. grab the cabbage okay. and kept feeding it to his but she, wife. But and she's then not the, like the witch in the cabbage. She's not a cabbage match kid. No, no, no. 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 But, but then the witch says, a- you stole my cabbage, you owe me your daughter. Mm-hmm. We can do a very special episode about pregnancy cravings, which feels like <laughs> a 
a lot of sitcoms do go to that well no, that <laughs> of doing episodes <laughs> around pregnancy cravings. Yes. Being nice to your neighbors. Yeah. You know, asking nicely to have some stuff from their garden. And and then also as a neighbor, not taking their firstborn as price. That, yes. <laughs> that could also be a very special a very special episode for witches, that there are other ways of dealing with this. So you use The Office as kind of an example of a show, but I think we need to do something earlier because we by by the mid nineties we were done with special episodes. I think and what, largely. And I'm trying to think of something where pregnancy was like a major part of the show. Okay, what about I Love Lucy? That was like that was like a big. I mean, show they couldn't pregnancy. even say pregnant, but yeah. right. <laughs> yes. I think everyone caught on to what was happening, yeah. but they couldn't <laughs> use the word. Was a thing. They couldn't say she was actually pregnant. What did they say? Did they uh, just expecting? Like, I think expecting. Is okay. expecting. That's really funny. Um, so for your expecting cravings, yes. But how do we make this into a special episode where there's a, like a message that's okay, going to so, come to the audience so, at the end? So she's going to have a neighbor and the neighbor is going to be a witch or she's going to think that the neighbor is oh, a, a witch. It's a new neighbor, right? A new neighbor. From, uh, so there can be, a, I mean, yes. which it's uh, odd to say for I Love Lucy because it was very progressive on this kind of issue, but it could be there could be a xenophobic element like, sure. from or, another yeah, culture, sure. and, and, from a foreign culture so that she's not. It's about like cultural misunderstanding yeah. and the craving and it gets the better of her, which is something you can really picture with Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> she an, she an goes too far. Where, <laughs> where, yeah, the pregnancy craving goes too far and so she steals the cabbages off the neighboring balcony mm-hmm. um, and then or there's something trying... weird on the balcony and she thinks that mm-hmm. the neighbor's like making something in a something. cauldron or a pot. And then she's ranting a rear window. <laughs> Twist into this. It could this. be a very special episode in multiple ways. And, and so her situation is that she is trying to continue her, her stealing, but not confront the fact that she could just talk to her neighbor. Yeah. There's a misunderstanding. Yeah. and Because she's, she's scared to talk to the neighbor yeah, because of the otherness no, no, of no. the neighbor. No, no, no. She stole something from the neighbor and now she's scared to talk to the neighbor because she's where the neighbor would find out but she keeps seeing all these things and like won't talk what if to it's, her. What if it's not that she's scared of the neighbor for their otherness. She is self-conscious about her otherness. Mm-hmm. She's embarrassed. She's like, I, oh, there's a little Spanish pun. <laughs> like, that means I, embarrassed, right? No, I don't it does want, not. <laughs> I don't want her first interaction with her with her neighbor mm-hmm. in, in this building, in this town, to be that I mistreated her and stole stuff off her balcony. Yeah. Right? I'm really nervous about trying to do that. And so she's trying to compensate, but the but you have to come clean. That's the yeah. Right. Now, that's where we get the very special, like, Lucy, why didn't you just talk to her? Uh, you and, know. and it's like, you know, sometimes you feel uncomfortable talking to people. Oh, yeah, yeah. You think that or you make assumptions about them. You feel they're different or you feel you're different. But when you have an open dialogue with each other, you can overcome your differences. Oh, I, I think we got there, guys. This is good. This All is right. Very good. So our uh, very special episode themed around the idea of Rapunzel <laughs> is going to be an I Love Lucy episode about pregnancy cravings. <laughs> which the, is the first part of Rapunzel. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's I, fine. We're avoiding the tower and the hair and it's all that. Fine. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, shall we move on to round two of okay. fairy tale? Well, I, okay. I already called it fairy tale mashup round two. So the second entry <laughs> in round two of fairy tale mashup. <laughs> okay, a rumple stiltskin. So another baby stealer. I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, How often does that happen in fairy tales? A lot. Well, I guess it's like for rumple stiltskin, it's not baby stealing; it's, it's child stealing. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Offspring stealing. Right. But she was old right. enough to be to be like betrothed no 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 no. it's it's the right? it's the she promises the child the first born. Born children oh, her first that's born. Right. yes that's it is baby stealing it is. yeah right. yeah okay. it is baby stealing okay was this just a way they could make kids feel better about children who died 
young about, <laughs> about siblings who died young. High infant mortality, <laughs> high infant mortality is uh has got your sister. <laughs> um, and it's a fish out of water story. Okay. Or premise. Okay. All right. So the classic fish out of water is leaving your known culture into an unknown culture, and mm-hmm. then uh, social mishaps and comedy ensue. It's, a, it's like um, uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Mm-hmm. Um, Crocodile Dundee. Yes, mm. uh, perhaps the greatest of the fish out of water <laughs> stories. Uh, Especially a true icon, <laughs> and it can be you know it can be someone that we understand going to another culture or the humor of someone else in our culture, and things seem normal to us. So mm-hmm. so it can kind of work both. Ways. Yeah, no, you cultural. gave examples of both of those, mm-hmm. where like the the known you know Americanness in King yes. Arthur's court versus you know the Australian coming Perfect to America. Strangers. <laughs> No. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was trying to pull, and I, I can't, I can't pull any good examples. Though I know as soon as we're done recording, I'm gonna yes. think of a half dozen yes. fish, fish out of water. This yeah. is not uh, a subtle trope. No. <laughs> so, but uh, it's also not the same as like it's, it's not the same as a hero's journey where they go into the unknown world. Like it can mm-mm, be, but mm-mm. it's, but by its nature, it's not like oh, it's just that stage of the hero's journey. Like, no, no, the the premise is how interesting it is to have different... A culture clash. Yeah. yeah. It. And it's more, and it's almost more about the the domestic things that, that don't quite work. It's not necessarily a grand adventure. It's just everything... Uh, everyday life is so different. Yeah. yeah. Well, and often with the very special lesson that both cultures are good. <laughs> right at the end. You know, it's very we, similar we, to our preview. We, we, we can learn from both cultures. So, okay. Rumpelstiltskin. So one of the tricky things... I mean, Rumpelstiltskin is already a weird magical creature like he's in the an world. infiltrator yeah and so it kind of feels like he's already the fish out of oh, water oh i've got it the it, fish out of water is later on when when the child the rumpkin stiltskin successfully steals kay. a child okay and when that child re-enters yeah the society child later to, the child's okay. norms are rumpel world elf is another good oh example. yes yeah yeah oh yeah but in this yeah. case it's you were raised by this weird creature that yeah. that stole you because he <laughs> so, was spinning gold so the so the woman didn't find rumpel Stiltskin's name or the woman's servant the queen's servant yeah yeah we'll say mm-hmm. name in, in this instance and so uh the but, but then story <laughs> but then as as rumpel Stiltskin starts dealing with an adolescent entering teenage years he's like you're done go i don't i'm getting rid of you i don't know what i was thinking i thought this was gonna be great it's not you are 13 years old and it's you're like, out of here you know rumpelstiltskin is like you can only have your child back if you can guess my name but she couldn't so <laughs> and, and then at <laughs> like, i didn't really mean for this to happen i just wanted to stress her out like like one more uh like moody outburst from the child and locking themselves in the room he like goes to the woman I he's like you. my name is rumpelstiltskin here <laughs> Yes, and so now it is about... And now the child has no sense of economy, has no sense of, of how money works, because he's, he's like, oh, don't you just make this out of basically thin air? Yeah. Um, so it, so the child has been acculturated to Rumpelstiltskin's hovel? Is there is there, <laughs> is there a, whole a race of Rumpelstiltskins, or is he just kind of hanging out by himself? But I, the way we're... Uh, that, I classically remember Rumpelstiltskin is basically a hermit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, sort of he's anomal, anomalous. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so it just would have been the Rumpelstiltskin household experience. And then <laughs> so, being forced back into, yeah, a world. And it could be you know, a world with economy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what other. So, yeah, what is conflicts? everyday life for Rumpelstiltskin? 
Like, yeah, all we know he, about him I mean, is strinning, or strinning, spinning right. straw into gold, right? That's that's his his MO. And, like, and he only offers to do that because the because the young woman's father or someone brags that she can do it. Like, yeah. that's a very specific brag. It's yeah, just, like, so a he, common brag, and so he does it all the time. Does he have lots of powers? Yeah. And can he do, like, any what? Like, any magical brag, can he take care of it? Or is it always strong? Ooh, so he can take, his, his mutant power is to take on anyone else's magical brag. brag. <laughs> like, he can suddenly yeah, do so, that thing. And that's how, no, that's how he gets through days to days. He has to, like, nudge people to make magical bows so he can actually do it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, kind of like a, like a con. Mm-hmm. Right? Almost like a, a grifter. Yeah. Right. So like in uh, Napoleon Dynamite, when the guy says, what do you want to bet? I can throw this mountain, uh, this football over that mountain. He rumpled still soon, actually. Can make yes. That yes. <laughs> I, I can do, I can take care of this. Yeah. Yeah. And so does the, what, is, what does this mean for the kid? Okay. Well, I was going to say, what, what time period are we working with? Because this is also going to affect the fish out of water part. Is this a modern day Rumpel's story or is this ye olden once upon a time? Things, yeah. If we're spinning things, I feel like it's ye olden time, at least when spinning is more practical. Yeah. yeah. And so like, and like gold as the primary exchange. Yeah. Pre industrial yeah. revolution and, and. Goldhead. So mostly Maybe we got vaguely at, Renaissance. Sure. Yeah, we got to figure out what Rumpelstiltskin's day to day life looks like for this kid, and then mm-hmm. send the kid out into that world. Yeah. So, what if it is Renaissance? Okay. And so we are dealing with a technological boom. Oh. People are becoming able to do things that before only Rumpelstiltskin could do, mm-hmm. and the kid is like in the mix of all of this, mm-hmm. where it's like. Oh yeah, like this can totally happen, and he's just like producing the technology to do it because he saw Rebel Stills can do it. Like he believes it's possible, so he manufactures a way to do it. I, I was leaning a similar way. Instead of maybe like his Rebel Stills' power is to to respond to any boast, it could be he can basically spin anything. So their needs are met by spinning, like food, <laughs> gold, clothing. Like okay, clothing is not is too extraneous. <laughs> you know, that was not too supernatural. So but, everyone talks about needing stuff. He's like, well, I mean, everybody's got a spinning wheel. Come on. And, and then this kid inspires the Industrial Revolution. Yes. <laughs> He's the yes. Eli Whitney with the yes. cotton gin. <laughs> if you yes. just work hard enough, you, you can, can spin anything yeah, out of factories, it's guys. All about, it's all about um, pistons and rotational motion <laughs> and how to convert that into what you need, right? And so he starts weaving. It, it's, it's more about weaving thread, but he does it on a grander scale. It's like, well, yeah, if you just spin hard enough, you get what you need. And they're like, well, we need a lot of thread. So spin bigger. What's that thing called that would like slow the mill down if it went too fast or turn it? It's like the something governor. I, I would just call it a governor. Okay, maybe. Anyway, but yeah, he invents the governor and he does all this. Yeah, that's fun. And he starts the Industrial Revolution. I, I feel okay with where we've landed. Obviously, there would be some details yeah. to work out if you were writing this into a full full yeah, novel. We, or... we, we don't have any characters. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. But it's fun. Yeah. All right. Bluebeard. Okay. And paranormal fantasy. <laughs> kind of already are, yeah. are we really breaking new ground? <laughs> right. Do we really? We can, can, we, can we get a quick breakdown on Bluebeard? Brief summary of Bluebeard. It is a uh, French fairy tale um, about a nobleman named Bluebeard who has been married several times, but his wives keep mysteriously disappearing. Um, he marries another neighbor girl against her will um she i was lives... about to say is no one suspicious of this but she is <laughs> she does not want yeah. to go through with his marriage yeah. because uh, her her hackles are raised about yes. All, yes. all the missing wives um and um 
And so she goes to live with him in his rich and luxurious palace. So then he goes away and says, you you know, here are the keys to the house. You can open any door you want, except you cannot open this mysterious underground chamber, uh, which brace yourselves listeners she does so she invites her she invites her sister and her cousins over for a party and then she goes into the chamber and discovers that it is flooded with it is full of the remains yes the remains of his former wives sure and it's and the room let's just say it's, it's more graphic in let's, the right, let's say the remains are pooling <laughs> yes and, and the room is flooded with blood and she drops the key in the blood and then she tries to picks it up and tries to wash the blood from the key but the key is magical and the blood cannot be removed so she both plans to she she reveals the secret to her sister and they both plan to flee the next morning but bluebeard returns unexpectedly and finds and, th- and flies into a rage um and he threatens to kill his wife on the spot, but she asks for one last prayer with her sister. And then as Bluebird is about to deliver the fatal blow, Anne and the wife's brothers arrive and kill Bluebird. How do they know to come? I still don't know that. He said Bluebird at the end, which is a very different moment. You visualize that of a <laughs> whole family happens. killing Bluebird. So how are we going to get some sort of paranormal fantasy element? <laughs> so paranormal fantasy is is like, it's, it's like, Twilight and things that are Twilight is sort of like the light version of paranormal fantasy. So you have the often the human woman falls in love with some mysterious brooding, you know, the the the, the man who's also secretly some paranormal thing or he has a curse on him or whatever. I've heard it described as um as um in romance novels, it became not really socially acceptable to have men be brutes and like treat women really badly. It's like, no, men actually need to, to be better than that. And so there was an increase in popularity of men who were literal monsters. And so they, you know, they could still be, they could still behave in ways that were really, that were unacceptable. They, they had their humans. rage and yes, other elements. Yes, because they can't control themselves right. or, or something like that. Um, so, so, I mean, so, and, and, I don't know. I'm I'm not as familiar with the genre as I could be for someone who wrote the cards. Um, but um, often it's the woman and like the guy is the monster, or like there's like there's like a series of romance novels where like the guy's a vampire and the girl's not, but then like and the guy doesn't want to turn her, but she wants to. We're do not that, talking so. about Twilight now, right? No, this is a there's series. other novels <laughs> um, that are like that. But then like in every single one, at the end for some reason he ends up having to turn her because she's like going to die if he doesn't or whatever. Again, this is not Twilight, but it's kind okay. of classic <laughs> vampire stuff. Yeah. So, um, in this version, I want the girl to be the werewolf vampire, whatever. So Bluebeard marries her, thinks like, aha, here's a young, you know, here's a new young innocent wife for me. And instead, she is, he goes to kill her. She's a siren. Yeah, he goes to kill her and she's like, no. (laughs) And she is this like scary werewolf. And then they like, and then we can reverse the tropes. Although Bluebeard's not a good person. So I don't know. I don't know how to do that. We're not reversing that part. We're just leaving the man as the monster as the the original. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but then it's not a paranormal romance. Well, no, well, but, she's the paranormal but, so, element. So, no, no, man, no, but it's man not is, a romance. Oh, it's, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. So he's he's the monster, but then she's the real monster. So she just then we end well, up like who's, who's the then real we can get into the, the Frankenstein oh, corrections forever of who's really the monster. Yeah. Okay. And so that is <laughs> thank you, high school English teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's my favorite Velociraptor that I saw. Is <laughs> knowledge is knowing Frankenstein's monster. Or, or Frankenstein was not the monster. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and uh, wisdom. wisdom is knowing Frankenstein was the monster. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay, so is it just that, like, he's got a secret, she's a werewolf, and that's how he ends up dying? Well, 
I, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of basically we get to the scene where she realizes how much of a monster he is, mm-hmm. and he's going to kill her because she now knows this. And she's and, just like, no. Or, or, or he like he stabs her, but it has no effect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because of whatever. It's not silver. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah. silver if she's a werewolf, or it's not through the heart if she's a vampire, you yeah. know, whatever it may be that she is. Okay, but if she's if she's the monster, why has she been submissive? Going along with this? Yeah. yeah. So does she know and is she trying to get revenge? Oh, she's a detective. She's in she's she's we've got a crime fighting romance. Monster uh, monster hunter. Yes. <laughs> so wait, and who was the romance with? We don't, okay, keep, keep going. Keep yeah, going. well, I'm saying, I'm saying she's on the trail of these missing wives. Okay. She's trying to solve okay. that mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's not, maybe we don't reach the point of marriage, but she's she's courting. She, she's flirting her way into the house. Becoming courted by him. Right. Yeah. To try and discover more information and about these And we don't realize this until... Late into into the story. Oh yeah, some of the twist is on the reader. Like the reader doesn't know they're reading a supernatural crime solving detective and ye olden. You've got to leave enough <laughs> enough clues, right? That your protagonist is stuff. so it can't be first person because she can't be thinking to herself. You know, if it was first person, we'd know right away she's a vampire werewolf or whatever it is. So right. we've got to go go you know distance the narration enough that we're given. Okay, hints. I mean, would, okay, but would would you do it from Bluebeard's perspective? That would be weird, because then you've got, like, the story of him murdering several wives, and then, um, you know, being in H.H. Holmes, <laughs> and doing all that stuff, and then he's confronted by his next potential victim, and then, but then it seems really deus ex machina so... Or Anne could be the werewolf, the sister could be the werewolf. I'm sorry, did you say deus <laughs> ex machina I love it! Machine. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean! <laughs> Um, but it's machina. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like machina better than machina. Um, <laughs> machinaical? <laughs> Machinesque. We're going a few. <laughs> um, or, oh, it could be the sister's perspective, and we just make it a friend so it's not the sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe she's the one who's like, she's concerned, and so she hires the person. The, wait, the but sister's we don't concerned or the wife's concerned? I don't know. Well, I like I like the idea of it being the okay. So I like I like the subverting expectations where it's like la 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 fairy tale. Oh, just kidding. She's a werewolf, but it doesn't. But the, it doesn't explain why she would have married him if right. she knew that this was going on. Unless this happens like immediately into their marriage or something. I would say like it, she gets turned after the marriage. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying like unless he the leaves, reveal. And, oh. and the reveal happens. Like like she goes she goes through the marriage to, to so, figure out what's going on, but then like it happens. It's not like they're a couple for a while. It's they're they're um, it's like immediately afterwards. Does it have to like be all the way to marriage or no, or or no. does she set the no. awkward marriage date of like she knows he has to be out of town that night? He's like, but that's the day I want to get married. I've it always dreamed. Be, no, it could even be they could be betrothed and she's living <laughs> at the castle with her servants. Yeah. Or sure, something like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. And um, he's going to go out of town and then the, and then come back for the wedding. Yeah, and so she's investigating. She's mm-hmm. she's, you know, trying to figure out all the stuff. Detecting. And in this case, she hasn't actually been given a skeleton key to the entire house, including the room she's not allowed to look in. <laughs> Let's say she has to do a little more work than that. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, because she'd probably be pretty suspicious. Pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. um, but they discover the room. Um, but then he finds out that they've discovered the room, so he's just going to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not totally helpless. Helpless. She's been playing him the whole time yeah. because she's been 
in detective mode and, what and playing the role. If what if the key okay so she has to like steal i mean yeah because if he says he says here are the keys don't open that one i mean for a detective that's not or, or it's keys out. to everything and then she finds a room that she doesn't have a key to or she has to steal the keys or something and or, he says or it's video game inspired and every room she enters has a hidden key for the next room <laughs> but what if the key what if the key is made of silver and so she is and she doesn't realize that and so she is powerless as long as and, and and so as long as she has the key near her, or she's holding it or something. He catches she's, her, and so she's she weakened. Her supernatural powers, and are. then some. And then she gets rid of the key, and then she just eats him. <laughs> <laughs> and the romance is. Uh, well, I was going to say, what if it's, it's it's just? Um, I mean, whatever the monster. Fantasy. I mean, maybe not oh, the key. Sorry, I, I was kind of thinking uh, as you were describing this. Maybe it's not the key. Maybe she's wor- like she has something that keeps the supernatural side of her in check, and she drops okay. that into the pool of blood. Sorry that's what, for the big reveal. Yeah. Like, like at the end, that, you know, that's okay. where she's like, okay, you are worthy of me releasing my monster form. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't usually do it. She yeah. tries mm-hmm. to just do her detective stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, this guy is a literal is it a monster. Blessing? Right, yeah. Who no. has the real curse? Yes. <laughs> um, all right. I, I think we we got somewhere there. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> we got to a place. Uh, dystopian Snow Queen. Okay, so Snow Queen, I know, inspired Frozen, but it's so that loose. Is it's very, not. Very, it's very not. Really, really yeah. is not. It, it was a very weird <laughs> launching point. <laughs> yeah. Like mostly, it was just a launching point, right? Yeah, so did we do Snow Queen last time? I don't think we did. I don't think so. I think we only did five. Okay, maybe I only... Well, there was one that we skipped. There was one that we were like, no... And maybe it was like Cinderella steampunk or something. And we're like, it was too close or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it yeah. was like, basically... Anyway. Okay. So, proper Snow Queen. So, the Snow Queen, quick summary is, devil has a mirror that makes people see only bad, right? Yeah. Bad it mirror. shatters... And shards of it go in uh, to people all around the world. And these are your negative Nancys and, and you know, the, the people that drag everyone else down. Uh, two kids, Gerda and Kai. Kai gets a splinter of the mirror in his eye and ends they, up... They live by each other. They're very good friends. And then Kai leaves. When he becomes yeah. so negative, he goes and stays with the Snow Queen. Yeah. And Gerda goes on an adventure to rescue him. A very complex adventure. I just read a summary of this. There's so many talking animals and so many weird coincidences. Not worth... Snowbees. There are snowbees. Yeah. There snow There's a talking crow. There's talking doves. Reindeer. There's a, an ice prince and princess. Yes, but are not, not the Snow Queen. connected no. to the Snow Queen. Which There's... you would think that the cold water royal family would stick together. <laughs> but... You don't know your cold, um, cold there's water There's a, a, a summer... A, 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 a summer, summer sorceress. Sor- sorceress. Uh, there, who's not also, nice. A talking reindeer mm-hmm. is involved in this. And actually, Snow Queen herself does not seem that bad. Mm-mm. Well, okay. Like, uh, holding people against their will. But he was being really negative. Right. <laughs> Which, in, in, in and a way... came to her. She's punishing she's no, herself. She's, <laughs> she's no punishing worse. herself she's by no, having him around. She's no worse than the Summer Queen. Yeah. yeah, like, and he came to her. Like, she did not kidnap him. So Gerda gets there... And cries, which uh, melts the shard in Kai. So no, I think it thaws his heart, and he cries. Oh, which, which dislodges dislodges the shard. The shard. There we go. Uh, so now he becomes uh, optimistic, positive again, and it all ends with a Bible verse. Yeah, Hans was not great at ending his stories. Um, the finales are not. Oh, the most. I, I, just one clear. other detail. Uh, Kai was being held prisoner until he could use ice shards to spell the word eternity. And then he'd be granted his freedom and a pair of ice skates. Yeah, that, that was the prize. All right. So, dystopia. 
how could we possibly get a dystopian adventure where you have to go place to place to place and meet different people? I mean, everything's weird and negative. So people is, are is, si- people are seeing the worst than everyone around each other. I did. I haven't seen the the most recent Mad Max film, but isn't this basically it? Right? Okay, you go there, so, you save people, so the you thing interact. About dystopia is that the world is already a really bad place which is not true of of the i mean of the Christian anderson story because kai and gerda are just hanging out in their little village or whatever city. but you could you can have like a broader dystopia and a little piece of of nice space where they're like kids and they're having fun but as soon as he yeah. gets a glimpse of what it's like out there so in this case, he's 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 not disillusioned by a shard of mirror. He's like a, a college uh, freshman who starts reading <laughs> uh, entry level philosophy and becomes really negative about the world <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, wait. So is Kai going on the journey, or is Gerda going on the dystopian journey? Uh, I would think Gerda, because that's how it is in the story. Yeah. yeah. So it could be like everyone is getting all ice sharded and everyone's miserable and it hasn't reached their little corner of Scandinavia, but then it does. And so Gerda has to go out to the rest of the world. And try and restore hope and positivity and stuff. And I, I assume that she's going to be healing everyone on her way to her actual destination. All those little interactions, they're going to be better off. Because but there's they... also, dystopia is also like, there's a really, really, there's kind of like, like things are, so so there's this there's dystopia that looks good on the surface, but then there's like the evilness underneath. Mm-hmm. But then there's the dystopia that like everything is just bad and everyone knows it's bad and we can't do anything to fix it. Hunger Games has both. Depending on if you're in the capital or, or if you're in the yeah. outlying provinces, yeah. right? Um... So who is so who is the like? Is there a big bad behind all of it? I guess there's the devil and the yeah, there's a literal devil in this. So, but that doesn't. I mean, the devil. I actually is so so much of the story is weird, but I actually really liked the idea of the devil's mirror that causes you to only see the negative, in yourself and in the world around you. Like yeah. that's actually kind of a. Mm-hmm. I, I like that concept. I feel like it goes to to um, like what you did in one of the the Christmas challenges with your dream lord. Right. Okay. Yes. Took a moment. We've done a lot of Christmas challenges at this point. <laughs> I feel. I feel like Hans has about fourteen good ideas. They just don't all belong in the same story. <laughs> yeah. So, like, do we want to latch into the mirror? Because okay, so some so, examples of dystopian novels and stuff. It was a, it was all the rage five years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Hunger Games, Divergent, Maze Runner. Um, like if only there was something in modern day society that highlighted the negative in a way that distorted people's world's view. If there's what? some metaphor we could latch on to, and if it's not turned on, it's like a black mirror. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one that Ali Condi? Oh, it was it was um, the one that Ali Condi wrote. I read the first one in the series. It was matched. It was matched, and that was the one where like your life is all planned out for you and everything's perfect. Oh, except what if kind of kind of divergent? I think except what if um, what if your life is not planned out for you and what if they're like to you so what if okay what if the devil is like a really high level politician and he makes all his followers see the worst in everyone and everyone's looking at their followers saying or a businessman instead of politician let's go business i was gonna say there's there's the joke in in the last season of good place i can't remember what the the setup was but the punchline was uh social media ceo <laughs> so yeah. so i mean i guess the reason i like politician is because 
often it's like a political kind of conspiracy. But I mean, certainly, certainly social media has enough power. Okay. So yeah, social media, there's social or business media. control, right? It can be what economic control. Yeah. 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 So there's a, there's a, so there's a social media CEO who has created social media that makes everyone see the world as a worse place. And like the algorithms it. are tweaked. To make you see the worst in others, particularly like fear the worst yeah. in others. Everyone yeah. else is a bad actor, distrusting, yeah. Yeah. and and the and, and the, it prevents people from from like building good things together. Mm-hmm. And so and so everyone's happy until or you know normal until they start being on the social media and they're really miserable all the time. And Kai sees this, or Gerda sees this happen with her friend Kai. So, so when they're kids, they're not playing on the technology, but then he gets his, his account. You know, at a certain age, mm-hmm. you know, he gets he his 13. first account. Yeah, and and. Becomes a different person. <laughs> yeah. And she decides that she needs to go. Oh, and she lives with her grandmother who's so old that she doesn't, she's not on social media because she's old. Right. So they're <laughs> the like. generation gap. They're like, mm-hmm. and because her, and because her parents aren't alive or something, they're like one of the few families that's untouched by it because she's too young to be on social media and the grandma's too old to be on social media. So they like miss that generation that would be on it. But she sees this happen to Kai. And so she goes and travels. Where does she, does she go to the headquarters of the social media? Well, I where's mean, Kai gone? So, like, if we say Kai, he turns because of this. Does he literally yeah. physically leave? Yes, because people are such huge fans of the social media guru that he's this, like, he's this, like, Elon Musk, you know, tech person that people will follow. It's a cult of personality. It's built up yeah. around. Yeah. And so he goes to work for whatever evil. I like that because that actually, like, does give us a little bit of distance because there's no real cult of personality around <laughs> social media CEOs right now. That that shine is worn off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but the, but the idea that you could have someone who was like a tech genius oh, and had a, and had a giant or or like what's his name from WeWork, um, um, <laughs> that didn't turn out well. <laughs> no, but I mean, but, but he raised billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's the and like his golden the, parachute for a company that had no purpose and doesn't exist was he he became a multimillionaire. Yeah, yeah, I, or billionaire, I think. Yeah. Um, especially after his two first failed products, which were like knee pads for babies and i can't remember what the other one was and it's like this guy did not have good ideas he was just really good at selling them um or somewhat good at selling them anyway so like to a point <laughs> to a point <laughs> well he yeah i mean worked out for him so newman adam newman that's his name um yeah so it's this it's this elon musk kind of guy that people just love everything that he does and so he moves to he moves to go be part to live on this commune and be part of like and be part of this person's you worked for one of his companies or one of his programs. It's open concept work area. <laughs> All the employees are there. Yeah. No, I... Okay. Uh, on the one hand, I think we need more distance because this is feeling a little, <laughs> a little uncomfortable. So, Gerda, on, the other, on the other hand, boy, does this work. But Gerda, she doesn't have the technology and she has to navigate her way there. Or Gerda is a tech genius herself and she figures out how the algorithm's working. Like like, like that the algorithm is oh. like reinforcing bad social behavior or something, but she realizes it can be easily fixed. And so she has to like reverse engineer it and then go travel to the servers or something to and try so her, to... Her goal is to go drop the the tear mm-hmm. into the heart of the social media. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. Oh, It's oh, all on a USB stuff. drive that looks like a teardrop. <laughs> Very you just good. gotta plug it in and it'll it's fix the algorithm yeah. and then everyone will start to see and build and it it, it, it and is about like social media. it's as much about the negative impact that seeing all these things can have as the positive impact, right? Mm-hmm. When you've got when you've got the right meme pages, <laughs> everyone's a better person. <laughs> it's 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 about Gerda the meme lord. Yes. <laughs> yes. Alright, I didn't know where we were gonna go with this one, but I really like what we what we found? Yeah, no, I feel like this was the most successful one. All right, yeah. all right, we got time this for one more. Maybe this will be our last one. 
Beauty and the Beast sequel. Oh, okay. No, no, Disney did this. It was one Enchanted Christmas, but I guess it was that's actually what, a prequel. A, oh, it was a mid-quel. It's a mid-quel. Yeah, it's, it's, a yeah, mid-quel. it's an insert and a, It's not, like, super about anything. It's like, we just need a Christmas DVD cash yeah. flow. <laughs> yeah, so what would be an actual sequel? Alright, for... so which version of, Dis- of Beauty and the Beast are we sequelizing? I guess that's the real crux. Are we going with just the original... Rough fairy tale, fairy tale. Or are we going with like? Haven't there been two crime fighting Beauty and the Beast TV shows at this point? What? What's the second one? The the CW one. I I don't think oh, that was, that about was crime like fighting. canceled immediately. Yeah, I don't think it was crime fighting. I think I think it was just romance. Okay. I had Blonda Lang from yeah. Smallville, right? <laughs> Staying in the CW wheelhouse, which her career um, has been consigned to. Is it a sequel to Beautician and the Beast, one of my favorite versions of it? Uh, that's the Fran Drescher one? Yes. Yes, it is. I, I haven't seen it, with, but I'm um, familiar with it. Yeah, somehow. Timothy Dalton is the Beast, and he's amazing. <laughs> I've never seen this, but I know it exists, and I know so much about it. I don't know if it's we just because... We in, had it in the house. I, well, I thought you would have seen it. No, I never saw it, but I'm just wondering, like, in the 90s, did we just watch the same previews in front of the VHS <laughs> that movies we've never seen are so embedded in our minds? Okay. Like, like the, I, I know the whole plot of Multiplicity. I've never seen it. <laughs> But I, it must have been a preview of one of the VHS tapes we My had. My grandmother had a VHS copy of The Princess Bride. And so we would often watch that. We went over to her house. And I have pretty much all the previews from mm-hmm. that you know, particular edition of The Princess Bride memorized mm-hmm. to the point that I finally saw one of the movies that I had seen the preview for, you know, 24 times. I'm like, this is really weird to see the rest of the movie. I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. I want it kept to the two minute. Yeah. So... Beauty and the Beast. Let's do, let's do like, let's do classic fairy tale I mean, it's, so it's a ye olde and high sequel. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. the Disney one is not doing a lot of work to change it. Right. Oh. In the Disney one. Guys, update. It ran for four seasons and she was a homicide detective. Oh. Four seasons? Yeah. Wow. What was it called? Uh, beast? beast, probably. Beast-y? Well, it's listed as Beast-y Beauty and the Beast here. It's, it's listed as Beauty and the Beast here. Hold on. I thought that was the one that got canceled immediately. Let's say uh, season four, episode thirteen is Aurora. <laughs> I'm scared to say anything French. <laughs> you can say it however you want. I, I might analyze your code switching as a non-French speaker. That's okay. I'm, I'll analyze you, but not judge you. How's that? <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair. Okay, but we're not we're not doing a sequel to that. Catherine Chandler witnessed her mother's murder and was almost <laughs> just <laughs> stop it until someone or something saved her. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's the first line. <laughs> it's ten thirty. Kestra's asking where I am, and I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. So, um, let's do let's do so differences between the original version. The servants are invisible versus animated pots and pans. Okay. I don't remember. I don't think there's a Gaston or anything. I think in that's the original an invention. One. They wanted yeah. to have a I think it's just. I think it's just she leaves and he's about to die and then she comes back and mm-hmm. and restores him. So um, someone someone once pointed out they were trying to they were trying to put Disney princesses in like more specific historical periods and give them like super super accurate costumes. And someone along those lines pointed out that Beauty and the Beast is set in France and it appears to be like mid 18th century, which means French Revolution's coming pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, they have to. Oh, in, in my head canon, they escape the French Revolution. Oh, this is our sequel right now. Um, yeah, we're there. Oh, well, the, so in the Disney version, they escape right? the French, French Revolution. Revolution. They're rescued by. Oh, come on, Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have anything on that. But at some point, they <laughs> no. settle in England 
and their family becomes the porters. And that is why in Tarzan, the porters have the, the Mrs. Potts tea set. Oh, how funny. <laughs> Okay, well then that's our so, sequel. So yeah, I think, I think our sequel is it's, Escaping the French Revolution. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's about moving. Yeah, downsizing and moving. It's... Oh, fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a scarlet, and it's clearly the scarlet pimpernel who saves them, but never mentioned as such. Or it's like, or it's like, or it's like he's it's from their perspective. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we see it from yeah. Their they point interact of view. with the scarlet yeah. pimpernel. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's about it's um it's like the ending of Fiddler on the Roof, and they've all got to just. Get out of there. It's like, okay, take what you can carry. It's going to be a big change of pace. And and they realize that it's their love that takes them through yeah, all the A way. very special episode finale. <laughs> There's a little uh, monologue about about the, the, the love is the treasure we're looking for. That's all right. along. That's right. If we didn't leave our treasure behind, we found it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lovely moral. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for joining us. For show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice, and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who, com- who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. Almost switched those two. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to go check out episode number 190, when we played Hitchcock Musical, or episode number 228, when we played Fairy Tale Mashup Round 1. You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss, or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter. You can follow at protagonistpod or at jdorowski. And our producer, Andrew, is at disminute. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. We have really good conversations there with our listeners, and we'd love for you to say hello anytime. Kirsta, do you have anything you want to plug? No. Wash your hands. <laughs> it's important. This time, it's important always. But but right now, it's getting a lot of lot of talk. It's evergreen advice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> If you would like to support the show financially, you can buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation by going to patreon.com slash protagonist. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss another great character and a great story. So long. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Which, by the way, you're a linguist. You know. Is it just this is not for the recording. I keep hearing this word pronounced multiple ways, and I don't. Is it reprise or reprise? Let's find out.